Hey, everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get T-shirts. You can get caps. You can get coffee mugs. You can get hoodies. You can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Welcome to Bear Football here on the Bar Room Network, the post-game show. A little later today, but we got stuck behind the Bears' offense, so it took us a little bit of time, but we are here. John Buffone alongside Aldo Gandia and Tyler Ellis, and a special guest today, Dan Aguirre. You may know him from the Bar Room Network as well. He's joining us. Him and Aldo were at the game, but just a dreadful, dreadful performance. Bears fall 26 to six. I'm going to go to the guys who were actually at the game first, starting with Aldo. Aldo, can you take us through the experience of being in Cleveland, the atmosphere, and ultimately what you saw on the field? Well, I think Dan will agree with me that the atmosphere was phenomenal. Uh, Progressive Stadium is a great venue. Uh, we, uh, Dan almost immediately said, why don't we have a stadium like this in Chicago? <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, I, that's a great question. Uh, uh, Browns fans were generally very kind. Uh, we thought we had a chance uh, up until the middle of the second quarter. And, and again, I don't want to basically transcribe everything Dan told me, but at, at, when the game was three to three and uh, the Browns were, were uh, threatening, he said, if, if it goes to 10 to three, we're going to lose this game. And he was absolutely right. The, the mojo was gone. Uh, I kept looking over at the stats. We had zero or minus zero passing yards with each sack. Um, it was an atrocity. And I just finished uh, – stringing together a couple of sound bites from the post game from Matt Nagy. And I'm glad that he took responsibility, but it's just not enough. Um, there has to be some monumental changes with this team. And it did sound to me like Matt Nagy was concerned about his job and he should be. Dan, what'd you see out there? Hey, real quickly, the greatest anecdote that I have for you. We were standing beside a kid or in his mid twenties. That's obviously a Browns fan. He was super respectful, and he said he went to high school with Denzel Ward, and he gave us this great anecdote about how Denzel Ward was the same guy in school that he is now. But he tells me, he goes to me and Aldo, he goes, you know, guys, I like the Bears. I think the Bears have good players. I'm rooting for Cleveland today or the Browns today, but I kind of like the Bears. He's like, if you want me to be honest, though, the only thing that's holding you back is Matt Nagy. This is a kid from Cleveland. We didn't tell him that. We It was unsolicited. Aldo and I hadn't started complaining about Nagy. Uh, it, it, we did the whole day. At least I did. Uh, pretty quickly. But that hadn't happened yet. So that kid said that. One more anecdote uh, for what we uh, were said, people conveyed to us, and then I'll answer your question. As we were sitting there waiting to leave, both of us downtrodden, 
you know, like, well, you know, let's just sit here another minute, let everybody leave. A guy mocks us, he looks over at us and says, oh, but it's okay, you still have each other, you're still in love, talking to me and Aldo. So, yeah, I was like, well, good, you're a homophobe, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the... The, the things that we saw early on, I told him, I was like, look, man, Ifedi is is hobbling right now on the sidelines. And sure enough, as soon as they go in the game, he gives up that big sack. Well, how many big sacks? But the first big sack. And then we both noticed quickly, well, Max not on the field. And no one, like, was reporting it for a bit. And then they were like, well, he's questionable. And then we watched him in the second half, just because we were on the sidelines, or the second quarter, he just stood there without a helmet, not even really stretching, just standing there, which was odd. And then Hicks, at one point when he was out, simply stood there with his helmet on. So I don't know if they ever disseminated a report to explain if he was injured. He was hobbling, but I don't know what the problem was. So that was kind of odd. And looking at the sidelines, Mack, when he went back in, was trying to fire people up, which I'll give him immense credit for. But beyond that, it, they felt flat the whole day. Aldo said during the warm-ups, and I want to be quiet because it's your show, but during the warm-ups, he was like, look, man, the Browns are warming up. The Bears are just standing around. And it's like they were working on their plays. The Bears were just kind of chilling, man, and it's true. No, it's like like we've said on previous shows, this place is run like a family diner. Do what you want because everyone likes you, and it, you know performance doesn't really matter. Tyler, I want to kick it over to you. You look, you look up and down these stats, and some of the things that pop out to you, one yard net passing today, uh, 47 total yards of offense. What did you see out there? Because if you're asking me, I said the defense actually held them in the game for a while. That They made it competitive, but they were getting trotted out there every two minutes. What did you see? Was it a mixture of you know Justin Fields getting his first start and really working through some of those rookie injuries or rookie uh, you know problems, mistakes, or was this did this ultimately come down to the coaching? First things first, I think it was I think it was a blessing that this show was pushed back a little bit because had it been immediately after the game, I probably wouldn't be talking so calm right now. I've had time to punch my pillow and do all those things already. And I definitely want to say welcome to the show, Dan Aguirre. He's done, amazing, he's done amazing work on the network. Thank a phenomenal you. guy, a hilarious guy. So please check out all of his stuff when they beard So like, he's just awesome. And I've always been a fan of his work. I've always been a fan of you. I cited you earlier though. I said, and I want to be quiet again, let you have your equal time here or you're more than equal because it's your show. But I said to Aldo, I was like, man, I can't wait to hear what the games reports got to say. Cause he's so positive and I have nothing <laughs> positive coming out of this game. Nothing. So please chat me up, make me feel better. Cause you're so super positive and always motivational. Like you should be a preacher, man. There's the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, at this point in time, I, I gotta be authentic and I can't make bear fans believe something that they didn't see because well from what I saw, once again, I saw the lack of leadership that we do not have at this point in time. You can only blame so many quarterbacks. For, for a team not being prepared. It wasn't just a phase injury. It was also the false starts on the third and ones. All these things that keep a team back from moving down the field. I don't care if it's Justin Fields' first starts. He's a freaking top five talent quarterback, man. And you telling me he can't move the ball? You telling me this type of quarterback can't get three first downs in a row? No. If Josh McDaniels had him, I bet you he scores. If Mike Tomlin had him, I bet you he scores. Can Matt Nagy be benched, John? That's my question. Listen, I've been I've been saying this for a, a long time. How many? How, you're running out of people to blame. 
running out of scapegoats right now. It was Trubisky couldn't handle the offense, or we didn't have the right tight ends, and the offense is based around getting the tight ends involved, or, or you know, that this isn't working, or we got to get Foles in there, and Foles the COVID year, and you, you couldn't get this. You're running out of people to blame for this now. So it, I'm looking at this offense today, and I'm thinking, this, this game plan – looks exactly the same of whether Justin Fields was in there or if Nick Foles was in there or Andy Dalton was in there or Mitchell Trubisky was in there or any other quarterback they've used. This offense looks exactly the same. He, This coach is completely incapable of tailoring an offense to the talents that he has. It has to be this is the round hole. I'm going to jam this square peg in there. There is absolutely no ability to adapt to the players he has. He didn't he didn't roll Justin Fields out. There was no that you didn't see any of that you didn't see him rolling out of the pocket, moving the pocket is specifically because the offensive line was getting blown up. You have got to move the pocket when your offensive line can't stop any. Nine sacks? Nine sacks. Mm. What changed throughout the game? What what do they do other than try to run the hurry up a couple times? What what major adjustments did they make throughout this game that says, okay, we got a little bit of rhythm now? There's no rhythm at all to this offense. And I'm tired of seeing an offensive guru Mm -mm. take this offense to lower and lower depths and trying to say, hopefully the defense can keep us in this. They hey, what you know what? The defense got five sacks today. Robert Quinn looked good. Khalil Mack looked good when he was on the field. They were getting pressure on Baker Mayfield. No one's going to remember that because the offense can't do a damn thing. This is a professional football team, and you have one yard net passing. One. John, John it's, 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 it's doing the same thing, expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And we keep giving Matt Nagy's opportunities and opportunities. And that's respecting my question right now because every there was no rhythm. You did. We ran the ball every time on first down. Okay, I get it. But consistently, there was no effort to get Justin into a rhythm. Understand he's running because nobody's open. So, so therefore, the coach is not scheming guys open. And that's why he's running. And so you got guys can't hold their block in order to say, yes, give credit. I, I don't like it when the coach says, well, they had a good defense. So what are you saying about our defense? We got a good defense. Yeah. Stop. Stop, stop saying that. You keep saying their guys are athletic and they're basketball guys. But what about our guys? You can't do anything to get those guys a break. But in terms of, like, scheme a guy open, that square peg, John, that you're talking about trying to push into a circle, it sucks. Your system sucks, sir, respectfully, because you're not doing anything to, 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 to give your team a reason to believe in you. Who are you passing to, Aldo? Aldo, who's open? Like, like who, who was Justin supposed to pass through? And I don't want any – respectfully, I don't – there's a couple of things Justin could have done later in the game. But at that point, he lost faith in his offensive line. A quarterback isn't supposed to be scared back there. A quarterback is supposed to be able to look at his receivers and trust that his guys has his guys. And I just – I really – I felt bad for Justin, but I'm hopeful that he's a warrior, he's an athlete, but I'm, I'm, I'm upset because – how many are we gonna are we gonna waste years and talent of this guy's career? The NFL, one injury and you're done. One injury and your career is over. How much time are we gonna waste? Khalil Mack, all these guys are getting older. How much time are we gonna waste? Dan, go ahead. The part the point that I really want to convey that backs up what he said, but I slightly want to contradict him just a tinge, and this is what I mean. For one, 
uh, in the second half, it appeared from, I think Aldo would concur with me, that Fields lost all of his confidence. And I hate to say that, and I'm not saying, oh, well, he shouldn't start Sunday. However, it did appear, and that's the coach's fault. That's the coach's fault, mind you. But you know how we always thought, I think, prevailing thoughts that most people would agree with was that Trubisky lacked confidence the majority of the time. And that is the way Fields, he was throwing erratically in this, again, where you're trying to come back. You're down 14 at one point. So we need to drive. We need to score now. And he's missing everybody. So a part of that is on him, and he deserves some criticism today. However, I think the majority of that is on Nagy. And at one point, we spotted Robinson coming off the sidelines, and he got mad and slammed his helmet. I don't know if the TV showed that or not, but everyone is frustrated, and the coach has no answers. I, it was uh, Dan Orlovsky that tweeted earlier, basically, that they should fire Nagy today. And I believe I, I absolutely agree with him. Yeah, and I was just going to, to your point, Dan, I was just going to say, how pissed off is Allen Robinson right now? Dude's on a franchise tag year trying to get paid, and right. they, aren't, they aren't targeting this guy at all. I mean, he did drop a touchdown pass last week, and there he has he's had some bad moments. But he is not – he missed – you know, I, I, I don't – I can't believe I'm saying this. Allen Robinson might miss Mitchell Trubisky because at least Trubisky locked in on the dude and tried to tried to force-feed him balls last year. So if I'm Allen Robinson, I'm thinking, this – I thought we were getting a better offense, and now it's even worse. I didn't think it was possible, but it is. Aldo, when you look at this, you what can you possibly do? Is the head coach losing – the locker room, because all we ever hear is about how the, the guys play for Nagy. They love Nagy. He can bring them back from the depths of hell. They had a six-game losing streak last year, and he got them to rally, and they made the playoffs. What could you possibly do to keep this locker room or keep your players' confidence in you when you when you trot out a product like that? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, if Ryan Pace doesn't fire Matt Nagy tomorrow, then, uh, then maybe uh, George McCassie should fire both of them tomorrow. Uh, so that's one thing that can be done. But at the very least, what can be done is that Matt Nagy should announce that he's giving up the play calling duties to Bill Lazor uh, because he's the only one that's had success calling plays for the Chicago Bears over the last two seasons. And the one thing about Matt Nagy that I'll say about this is uh, his opening statement, uh, at least he took responsibility. Listen to this. Um, you know, uh, simple fact of the matter is, is that – uh, the way these games go like this, there's the anticipation of the way things go. And I obviously, as a head coach, did not do a good enough job of uh, getting this offense ready to go to be able to play and win a football game. So uh, it starts with me. It ends with me. And uh, it's as simple as that. I appreciate the, uh, the fight from our defense. I think that they fought their tails off the entire game. They kept us in it um, as, as much as we were struggling. Uh, they kept us in it uh, against a, a good football team. And I also want to credit Cleveland. Coach Stefanski does a great job. Uh, their, their coaches do a great job. Their players are, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of good players on that team. So um, that's, uh, you know, that's that part. And saying that it, it starts and ends with me is something that uh, I take to heart. And I know that, you know, f for our guys that are in that locker room, and for um, our coaches, that that's going to be the next challenge is moving forward and getting ready to play Detroit next week. So, um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. Uh, so, but we got to get to the film and we got to make sure that we're hard on ourselves and we understand the whys I, um, and, and really just go from there.
<laughs> so, so, so that part right there. So that opening statement before we start talking about the Y's and the W's, that first that first sentence. Because John, I was coming to rip him. I was coming to rip him. But when he first said it's it starts with me, I'm like, all right, cool. All right. He always said you can't beat it's hard to beat a guy down who he's who, out of who, excuses. I know he's out, he's out of excuses, John. I personally thought I said, Is he about to resign? It's not like he was about to resign. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> That's what I thought. Give us like, the Nixon and get out. Yeah, exactly. Guys, real quick, just want to address a couple things in the chat. We appreciate everybody um, bringing in, spending their time with us. Hey, sister Heidi. We love you. We miss you. We see you, sis. But um, but T, but T Rick in the chat. Um, the, the fact of the matter is Andy Dalton's ankle. If if Andy Dalton's ankle isn't healthy, Andy Dalton can't move. So he's definitely going to be sacked, regardless of the line. Justin Fields' mobility at least give him a chance to run away from it. And so at, at this point in at, at this point in time, if Andy can't move, then Justin is the best option. But I'm guys, I'm I'm just gonna say this has nothing to do with Fields. But we saw Nick Foles, we saw Nick Foles come in and be able to throw some quick some quick things. But I just didn't see anybody open. There were some things that were missed later on in the, in the game, and I'm sure I'm pretty sure John, you'll take us through the defense and things like that. But I'm talking about the first half. The first half because Cleveland that they were they had double triple R yardage the first half, but the score was three three. The Chicago Bears failed to take advantage of a playoff contending team. The Cleveland Browns are have been fighting to win that division. They give they give Baltimore, they give Pittsburgh, they give they punch all these guys in the face, and we're holding these thousand thousand yard rushing running backs to minimum yardage. And we couldn't even take advantage, even on a pass interference call that gave us within the 10 yards. We couldn't score. This is it's negligence or incompetence. It can't be both. And and, and that's where we are, gentlemen. Listen, you're, I watched that press conference, and it might as well be a press conference from any other week. Because I, I tweeted at halftime. I treated every Matt Nagy cliche that you could possibly throw out there. It's finding the why, or go back and look at the tape, or we had a good week of practice, or all this other BS. We got all this other crap that you go through that we hear every single week. Fine. If you want to take accountability and responsibility, great. They don't raise banners for that. They don't give you a ring for that. Give you got this is the NFL. You find somebody that can do the job. And if you can't do the job, quit taking care of these guys like you're running a family diner. Yeah, and I say it every week because it's the same crap every week. Yeah, my brother's the cook. He burns grilled cheeses every week, but damn, he's a good guy to talk to. Man, we like having him around. Damn, Ryan Pace did a great job of it with Hallis Hall. It looks beautiful. Damn, Matt Nagy, he's just a stand-up guy. I'm tired of that. I don't care how good of a person or how nice you are or how well, how your culture is. Ted Phillips, think about your culture now. Think about the culture that you thought that every other team wanted. You think people want this culture? You look like a JV football team out there under 50 total yards for the game and your head coach is an offensive guru? I'm tired of hearing all of this crap. Yeah, it starts with you. No crap, because you think that you are the alpha and the omega of this entire damn organization. <laughs> where it's, oh, I, I, I need to call the plays, and I'm the head coach, and we need – hell, when Bill Lazor was talking about Justin Fields before the season, or even, I believe, around week one, you could tell Bill Lazor thinks that he should be calling plays. If you listen to Bill Lazor, that dude feels like he should be the offensive coordinator calling the plays. Not this – Mickey Mouse circus that we see every week where it's just like, what the hell is this? 
I'm tired of looking. Who are the who are the Chicago Bears? What's their identity? What's their identity on offense? What do they do well? In four years, have they carved out any niche that they're actually good at? What's their calling card? We know the Browns can run the football with their two-headed monster. Mm-hmm. We know the passing game in Kansas City. We know a lot of these offenses have a calling card of what they do really well, and they can base success off of that. What the hell have the Chicago Bears done to say, oh, we better watch out for what? The tight ends that don't get used? Should we watch out for uh, the offensive line that can't block? Should we watch out for the inventive play calling when we see the same shovel pass and end arounds all the time? What what what, What the hell are the Chicago Bears, this revolutionary offense that Matt Nagy was bringing here, what's it known for other than... It's the incapable same, of scoring points. The same David Montgomery run out of the shotgun up the middle between the guard and center. The same one. You know what's coming. Yeah, you know it's, it's over coming. and over and over. Exactly. Yeah, and Dan, I was I was going to ask, this innovative <laughs> offense is is it really innovative? No. Is it is it really is it really like I'm the smartest guy in the room? I'm playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers, or has it come to a point where people are just like? And there, there was a clip of Nick Foles. And I'm and I'm not a lip reader, but it looks a, it looked very very similar, or I should say, it really looked like Nick Foles was saying, "This offense isn't working." It literally looked like Nick Foles was mouthing, "This offense isn't working." That's amazing. And if Nick, and if Nick Foles says that, and now he he was saying it to a teammate, I think it was Andy Dalton. If the quarterbacks think the offense isn't working. What the hell does the coach? If they if they uh, if the quarterbacks have no confidence in the in the, in the offense. What must some of the other players think? I concur with that. And to expand off of it, the the one time they threw the ball down the field, which just feels like the only time the whole season, but, you know, whatever, I'm tired. So you could probably cite another one. But what did we get today? We got a P.I. And it's like, it, just take a shot sometimes. You know, you can't keep running these three and four yard little crossing routes all the time. You know, he throws a deep. It's a passing league. Therefore, you have an opportunity – because of the way the rules are to either get a pass interference and illegal contact, or maybe for the love of God, maybe someone catches the ball. So you have, or maybe it's picked off, maybe it's incomplete, but more often than not, it's going to be positive for the end for the offense. If you just have the temerity to take a, a, a shot and they finally did. And again, that set up what appeared to be, Oh, well, we're going to score now. And of course they ended up having to settling for three, even from the 10 or 11 yard line, they can't get a touchdown. It's just asinine. It's all, it's the same stuff over and over and over. And it comes down to the fact that you think that they, you think that this mind, this, this beautiful offensive mind has the, has the ability to craft around his players talents. And he cannot, even when Mike Martz was here, at least we knew what the identity was 12 step drops and probably take a sack, but you at least knew what they were going to try to do. I have no freaking clue what this team's trying to do. David Montgomery, 10 carries today. And, and I saw that uh, one of the uh, people in the chat room brought that up. He should be the identity, but the dude got 10 carries today. And I, I know that they were playing from behind a lot, but it's, 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 it's almost, I know that we can't be, we're not supposed to be this angry after game three with a one and two record. We're not supposed to be this angry, but there has to be context and levels to this. This mm-hmm. isn't just a loss where it's just like, oh man, well, they just, they just got outplayed today. They put up a fighting chance. This offense is embarrassing. It is an embarrassing offense. And you know what's even worse? Because every year we think, well, at least it can't get much worse. Or at least it can't get much worse. It is worse. 
<laughs> one net yard passing in an NFL football game. I don't care if you have Justin Fields or even if Dan Orlovsky's playing right now. I don't care who it is. One net yard passing. John, and you see we, Justin Fields gets twenty passes. Go ahead, Gaines. We, John, we gotta. The more, the more we all discuss these things, the more I'm looking at Ryan Pace because is it him? Is it Nagy or the guy who empowers Nagy? Because the leading the blind. Because. It's Nagy because Nagy comes into the offseason and says, yes, I'm taking back play calling. All right? What what, what changed? Ryan Pace, Why? you allow this. Your job is on the line. Virginia Meskaski, she's there game one to see that embarrassment, to see what's going on with the Rams. The offensive line play was impressive weeks one and week two. So it was a matter of time before something would happen when you get Javon Clown and you get these first-round picks coming in here. But it was through the course of a game – that's what I like about Bill Belichick, the ability to adjust during a game, the ability to adjust. That's what winning quarter, that's what winning teams do. So now we have to accept our Bears for who they are, but it's not for lack of talent, Bears Nation. It's not for lack of talent because Allen Robinson is a beast. Darnell Mooney on the Saints would destroy people. David Montgomery, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Put him on any put him, put him on any, with the Jaguar with the Titans. Like he would kill. Any you put any of our pieces. On a, on a, it's the system, gentlemen. It's the system. So we can be even mad at the system or the people that empower the system, which is now I'm looking at Ryan Pace. Thank you for getting just the fields, bro. I appreciate you for moving move and dress. Phenomenal job. But at the same time, the off, we tried to address the offensive line in the offseason. Both of those guys are out due to injury. I get it. Moving forward, the fact of the matter is that we, could, we did not catch three balls in a row today, John. We did not have three completed passes in a 60-minute game. And then I'm freaking on red zone, and people completing passes on brisket in Miami is like looking like John Montana. And I'm like, what's going on? Didn't it feel like when we were down 10 to 3 that it was like 27 to 3? Yeah, it might as well have been. It might as well have been because there's no confidence that this team could actually put together a scoring drive. Their best offensive play was the pass interference call. Exactly. And so if that's what you're going to base your offense on, then, then you might be in trouble. I'm just I, I'm just so over this mentality that we can fix it. Just give let trust Matt Nagy. Aldo, you talked about if, if Ryan Pace should potentially fire Matt Nagy. I still don't see that happening this week or anytime during the season just because the Bears have never done it. But Ryan Pace shares just as much blame. I'm still I'm gonna beat this drum until I get an answer. Why the hell did you use your highest draft pick last year on a tight end and refuse to use him? You have, you have used your highest draft pick last year in the second round on Colt Komet, and they're not even trying to get him. The, you know what the coolest thing was? When Justin Fields did that underhand pass that got brought back, I think, anyway, that little underhand pass to Colt Komet, that's where he got utilized today. And Jimmy Graham, you're paying him $9 million. Did he, get, did, he, did he even get targeted when they were inside the red zone? Not that I remember. He got one target. I don't know if it was in the red zone or not, but he did get one target. Yeah, it was. You know, it wasn't because I'm pretty sure it was a scramble. Like Jimmy Graham was out on a screen, like flanking out, and it was, and the ball got thrown in the dirt. I remember. I remember the pass. It yeah. certainly wasn't in the red zone. Why the hell? Hey, if you're constructing this team, you think Jimmy Graham? You gotta, you gotta get rid of Kyle Fuller, but you gotta save Jimmy Graham for what? What are you using him for? Why is he on the team? And why why do you even have five tight ends? Why do you have Jesse James and Jesper Horstead? Jesse mm. James, Jesper Horstead, and Jimmy Graham all do the same damn thing, but you mm. don't even throw to them anyway. Mm. They all have the same game. The only one that's different is J.P. Holtz, who can play H-back and block. 
John. Jesse, Jesse also- James and all of them do the same damn thing. But you got to pay $9 million to Jimmy Graham. Is he a locker room presence? Because it's a pretty damn expensive locker room presence. John, how awesome would it be to have to have Kyle Fuller and, and, and our young guy and John, um, Jonathan right, right there playing on a side of each other? How cool would that be? How cool would that be? They had a little bit of it last year, but before Jalen Johnson came into his prime. And, and and I feel bad because you look if you just look at this box score and you say, damn, the, the defense bent and bent and bent and gave him 26 points. Although I don't see it that way. I, I saw that this defense kept them in the game as long as they possibly could. But true to form, they're getting trotted out there every two, three minutes. And eventually you're going to get gassed. You're going to get banged up like we saw with Knicks and and uh, and Khalil Mack, who I believe it was a foot injury. They said eventually it was a foot injury. They took him out and he had to, and then he did come back in. I thought Robert Quinn looked fast off the edge. I thought he had a good game. I thought Roquan Smith was a madman. Uh, maybe not in coverage a few times, but I thought side to side he looked really good. Uh, Kendall Vildor didn't have a great game, but I thought all in all the defense played pretty well and they deserve a lot more than what they got today. I totally agree with you. It was a courageous effort. I mean, uh, those fourth down stops in the first half were huge. And um, unfortunately, the that's a unit that is not coached by Matt Nagy. Dan and I were talking about this earlier today. It's the, the best parts of this football team are the parts that Matt Nagy doesn't touch. And it seems like when he interferes in anything with the defense or special teams, things go downhill. I just want to add one other thing before we get back to the topic of the defense, because they deserve uh, more credit than I'm I'm giving them. Except Eddie. Uh, yeah, Eddie oh. did not have an uh, – again, Eddie is having his problems tackling. Tackling. But I, but I want to say that Heidi, our good friend in the chat room, she said that one of the things that uh, she went through today was – uh, she she cried after the game, and it was uh, very, very emotional for a lot of Chicago Bears fans. And so some people cried, some people punched walls, and some people punched pillows like Tyler did, um, and on and on. And um, I, I didn't get emotional until I heard Justin Fields talk at the press conference. And when you listen to his comments, you, you start to feel for him because there's the risk here that his career could be ruined by ineptitude by the coaching staff. Listen to Justin Fields. Um, good. You know, I talked to Nick and Andy on the sideline, and, you know, it's football. You know, you, you have these days. You just got to bounce back and come back better, and uh, we just got to get better as a whole. So I know me personally, I'm going to get back working harder than ever and, you know, just try to keep getting better each and every day. Without, without getting to the specifics of your conversation, what were the general tone of what, you know, Foles and Dalton were telling you? Uh, yeah, they were just telling me, um, you know, there's going to be days like this and, of course, games like this, but, you know, it's about how you respond and stuff like that. So, um, just, just trying to keep my spirits up and stuff like that. So, um, you know, uh, it's great to have those guys as a support system, and uh, just, just knowing that we support each other. Uh, the way I feel right now, you know, I'm not used to this, so I don't, I don't like feeling like this. So, um, uh, just me not wanting to feel like this, and literally while I'm saying this, I'm getting goosebumps because I just don't like feeling like this. So, um, I'm just gonna get back and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work. That's, that's it. What is that? What is that? Can you describe to us what that feeling is? Kind of like you're in a dark space and like you just want to do everything you can to just get a win. Like no matter what it is, like no matter how long I have to stay in the facility, no matter what, like just, you just want to come out. And after the game on Sunday, you just want to come out with the win, no, no matter what you have to do. This man deserves much more than he's getting from this coaching staff. And frankly, he deserves much more than Ryan Pace has given him. For Ryan Pace to get go into the season expecting a rookie tackle to start at left tackle. 
who rarely played left tackle in college, was mistake number one. Mistake number two is assuming that another rookie like Larry Borum or a journeyman like uh, Wilkinson could be the backup tackle in case things didn't work out with Jenkins. And as Ryan Pace said uh, just before the start of the season, we got lucky in finding just Jason uh, Peters. But the, the issue is, is that he's he can't handle speed rushers. Miles Garrett took him out to the woodshed and spanked him around. That's the unfortunate truth. Peters is a courageous player. He's a great technique player, but he just doesn't have the physical skills anymore to deal with speed rushers. And this is going to happen all the time. You're going to see speedy defensive backs uh, blitz uh, to Peters' side because he can't stay with them. And in the run game, he can't get to the second level and deliver a good block. So it's a mess that Ryan Pace has created by first not developing a 53-man roster and secondly hiring an incompetent head coach and keeping him on now for his fourth season. And how can you be this far along into your administration? Pace has been here since 2015, and you're still looking for a left tackle. I mean, how is that plausible? I get it if you're in year two, maybe, maybe year three, but it's the same plot line every year that we're trying to fix. Basically, we haven't had a safety since Mike Brown, with the exception of Eddie Jackson in 2018, and we never have a left tackle. I mean, I know Leno was there for a long time, but all of us were, you know, most for the most part, were complaining about him. So it's just like, why can't they find a tackle and a safety? It's, it's I'm just so tired of saying the same things over and over, you know? And, and Dan, to, to that point, talking about Ryan Pace and, and, and Matt Nagy, this administration, <laughs> as you said, uh, I said last week that I don't think Matt Nagy could ruin Justin Fields. I, I said, I don't think that that could, I don't think that would happen. However, after today, I just, I just got a big jolt in the ass after this by saying, holy crap, he could ruin him. Ryan Pace could ruin him by not getting help. Matt Nagy could ruin him with that god-awful offensive scheme. And so looking at that, and uh, we've kind of come to a consensus on this show that we thought Matt Nagy might be safe going into 2022. Is there the possibility that you have gotten you have gotten this great talent and you're going to completely T-bone it with your ineptitude of putting a good product on the field and then having those products work within uh, an offensive scheme that can score points. Aldo said it, the, I think, best at the stadium. He goes, man, they're going to want Dalton in there as soon as, they, as, as we can get him back. And the reasoning, if I could steal your thunder here, Aldo, is clearly the more field struggles, the more that people are going to point the finger at Nagy. Conversely, he can use Dalton as the scapegoat, as Mr. Buffon was saying earlier. So he's going to want to get Fields out of there because if Fields is struggling, it's more scrutiny on himself. I actually thought at one point today maybe they should turn it over to Foles. I mean, not permanently, but just the way he did in Atlanta because it felt like they it was so out of sync today and you need two touchdowns. Why not? I mean, just see what you got. You need a spark somewhere. Right. I think, Dan, that's a great point. And I was thinking that same thing because I don't want Foles to get hurt. Excuse me. I don't want Fields, I don't want Fields to get hurt. Just right. the way it was looking because it had 2010 when the last time we had to give up nine sacks. Yeah, and you, Jay and the, against the Giants. You just don't want that for your young quarterback. And one of the guys in the chat just said it, and I actually tweeted this out earlier. 
And I, I don't want to put bad energy out there, but like, I hate to think that. I just know he's he's too good of a person, right? John Nagy wouldn't do this on purpose, right? There's no way that he would do this on purpose to to this young quarterback to do this to this young man just to make a point. The Nick to, to Andy Dalton, who's on a one two year deal, but we drafted, but that goes against Ryan Pace's plan. Fields was drafted for the future. Why would you do that to a young man? That could that could damage his mental psyche. But you know why I'm, I'm upset, and this is this is why I'm just thinking about this right now, that it took this long, because Mitch Trubisky's name was dragged through the damn mud, for a lot of different reasons. But he comes in here preseason and tears our asses up. I just want to read a tweet. I'm not trying to be Mr. Marson, but this is from Pat Finley, or as uh, Jason Leisure calls him, Patrick. Patrick Finley, Patrick. Uh, this is from Patrick Finley. Jimmy Graham retweeted a stat today detailing just how bad the Bears' offense was. This can't be good. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm going to retweet it now if you want to see it. it yes. Was, I'll quote tweet it. You're getting a mutiny on your hands. Because because yeah. uh, how many times – you had Bill Lazor talk about it before. You have Jimmy Graham talking about it now. You have some di- – you have different players kind of giving – Little, you know, little, just very subtle things. I, I want someone to talk to Allen Robinson. I want somebody to say, hey, or his how, agent, maybe his agent will say something. Yeah. I would, yeah. I, how, how, how much longer until uh, Allen Robinson? Can you get traded when you're on the franchise tag? Can he get, can he get traded <laughs> mid year? I'm not sure, but maybe they're, de- maybe they're demanding a trade or something like that. Right, so, right. But yeah, I'm thinking, I don't think, and, and gains to your point, I don't think he's doing it on purpose just because. Now it's getting to the point now where the, the fire's getting really hot and it's only week three. And so everyone thought that Matt Nagy, well, not everyone, but a, a lot of people thought that Matt Nagy would be safe going into next season because they wanted to progress Justin Fields. If you're going to progress your quarterback like that and get him sacked nine times and have him have one net passing yard and you're going to lay him out to dry behind a terrible offensive line, and you're not going to roll him out, and you're not going to play to the strengths, and you're not going to use your high tight end draft pick, and you're not going to throw it to Allen Robinson. The progression, no, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of regression, and all of a sudden, you're seeing a lot of people saying, "I think the city of Chicago owes Mitchell Trubisky an apology because he may not, maybe he was never going to be a good quarterback, but he sure as hell did not get any help from this administration, this regime, this this general manager, this head coach." I'm, and trust me, I'm not saying that Mr. Bisky was the answer, but I'm saying things are starting to get even more exposed. We saw it with Nick Foles. We saw it with Trubisky. We saw it with Dalton, and we're seeing it with Fields. If they, they can't just all be really, really, really bad quarterbacks. Oh, they, 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 they all just can't because they've all had their moments of, of you know proficiency. They, they can't just all be really, really, really bad. And then Matt Nagy's just like, well, what do you want me to do? You've had your pick of quarterbacks now. You've had your chance to build this roster. And to what Dan said, Ryan Pace has been here for six years. And this is the product you're putting out. Matt Nagy is getting his fourth year. Right. And the offense still isn't taking track. We can't keep saying, we know, we got to get the right players in. And then Matt Nagy's offense is going to just launch. Right. No, there's no launching. This thing is DOA. This offense, you cannot resurrect it. And finally, the players are looking at this saying, what are we doing? Who is our coach and what kind of scheme is this? Professional Jimmy Graham's been on some really good offenses. He's played with Aaron Rodgers. He's played with uh, Russell Wilson. He's played with Drew Brees. He knows when an offense is putrid. And I'm starting to think he knows that. 
he's just going to collect his money and get the hell out. And I don't blame him. What I think a lot of offensive players are in this system right now thinking, what the hell are we doing? Yep. And and if you don't make it, and if you don't make a move sooner or later, you, you, this is going to be a complete wash of a season if it's not already. I know it's only week three, mm-hmm. but if you keep doing this, you ain't going nowhere. And yeah. we said it was going to take a really bad season for Matt Nagy to get canned. Well, they're well on their way because it's not the defense. The defense was really bad week one, but the offense was so bad that I'm pretty sure the defensive players were calling out the plays before they even happened. We saw and George you- McCaskey yesterday uh, uh, outside of uh, the Indian Stadium. He didn't talk to us or anything. He just walked by really quickly. I think, to your point, our only hope of getting rid of Nagy right now or week five, six, whatever, is that Virginia just says, I'm pissed off again uh-huh. and says, I'm, I'm 100 years old. I don't want to die watching this offense. Sure. S- somebody please get yeah. rid of him. I think it would take that kind of uh, inspiration from the owner for that to occur. Garo, do you see, or I was going to say, sorry, Tyler, do you see any possible scenario where they would actually get rid of the uh, coach in the, in uh, mid season? I mean, it, it would be, it would be surprisingly awesome. It would be to, 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 to see it happen. I would be surprised because I just, I can't expect the organization. I don't trust them to do the right thing at this point. And, but, but, but it hurts, man. It really, really hurts because to all those points, we got fans like Heidi who are we're, we're emotionally invested, like you, brother John, like you, Dan, that are emotionally invested. Then we got a lot of fans that are financially invested, buying all types of merchandise and everything. Going back to the point, remember, Aldo, they won a stadium. Forget about it. When the mayor, the, the, hey, the mayor just called him like, hey, remember that? Remember that? Heck no. I'm, I'm, doubling, down, I'm doubling down on that no because look what the product. Why would I spend money on that? But guess is where it sucks just to start all over again. We're gonna miss out on these good players, and now we need a first. Now we need a number one receiver again. Remember those damn talks? We finally got a decent receiver core. We got all this speed. We got all, we got all, this, stuff. We got all this stuff, and and then it's, it's it's like, I wish him well. I wish Matt Nagy well, but Ryan Pace as the leader, as the leader of this franchise. In terms of like football operations, brother, you gotta you gotta think about the fans. You gotta think about your young talent. You gotta think about the veterans over here because it it just really really sucks for the people that are that lives are under a Matt Nagy's like control, so to so to speak. And it and it sucks. It sucks. It just sucks all the way around. And so, but something has to be done. Can it happen midseason? If it if we lose to Detroit, you know Detroit. We said that last year. Real Detroit quick, real could quick. be favored in that game. Yeah, you think and about it, they played the Ravens tight today. Yeah. Usually, you get three points for being at home. I bet you it's still a pick 'em at best for the Bears, or maybe minus three for Detroit. Mm-hmm. And we're not talk. We're not talking about losing football games. You win and lose football games. This is different. This isn't losing a football game. We damn near gave it away because we hope we, the Cleveland Browns didn't score a touchdown to the last twenty seconds of the first half, which is very impressive. The right type of offense. What if the Bears would have scored, would score on their first three touchdowns? That take Cleveland never gets that momentum. You see what I'm saying? But that's what a good coach takes advantage of. And so, the, for the fact that we can't do that, I'm looking for us to make a move. It sucks to see, but it's the only option. Other than that, we're going to be switching to the Bulls real quick. Uh, to to your point, Tyler. No, listen. I don't think any of us favored the Bears in this in this game. No one thought. No one chalked this up as a win preseason for the Bears. I know I didn't. I thought they were going to lose this game. But I think it's 
it's you look at the level in which they lost it. You look at the performance on the field. That was not a professional football team on offense today. That was not something that you, that's not a product that you can put out there every week and say, we got a chance. That is not a group of guys. And that is not a head coaching. That is not a coaching unit that you can put out there week after week and say, we got a shot. And to your point, Dan, Detroit looks like a little more cohesive than the bears do right now. They're playing good teams tight. They, 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 lost, they lost to the Ravens today on a 66-yard field goal, okay? They, they, they hung with one of the best teams in the league. And what did, what did the Bears do against one of the best teams in the league when talking about the Rams in week one? They got blown out. They hung with the Bengals, and they beat the Bengals last week. And then they played the Browns, who I said was going to be a good measuring stick because I wouldn't call them an elite squad, but they're certainly a playoff contender. They certainly can make noise late in the season. I thought this was going to be a very good measuring stick. Mm-mm, because that offense is putrid. It is beyond embarrassing. It is something that you don't even want to watch. You just want to say, let me know when they punt it and get back on defense because I can't watch this anymore. And although you were there, what was and this is this is a big thing for me where you see other people, and especially when the Bears are on national television, and I hate that because we have because everybody else gets to see what I see every week. What was the sense whenever they, that putrid offense was out there today? Was there jeering from Cleveland? Because when you're getting jeered by Cleveland, who knows what it's like to, to be in the depths of football hell. Can I say something about that for Aldo? Yeah, please. Yeah, Dan's a a good source for this. (laughs) When we were leaving, during the game, Cleveland fans were somewhat respectful to us. But when we were leaving, they just kept talking shit to us. And at one point, we were close to the restaurant we were going to. And someone looked back at us and said something facetious, you know. And I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. I mean, if all the towns to not have empathy. I was like, you you guys (laughs) suck for a generation. A lifetime. I mean, you went zero and sixteen, and you're going to mock us. I mean, of all the teams to, to talk, I get Green Bay talking shit to us. I do, but not Cleveland. I mean, you can't be pounding your chest if you're the Browns fan. You've won one playoff game since 1994. You know, so God, like, yeah, but they were talking some shit. Yeah. So I wanted to acknowledge that. But it's while we were leaving. But they they're feeling pretty proud about their product. And they just continually mocked us on the way out. Yeah, I sense that there was uh, respect for the Chicago Bears from the Cleveland fans and then talking to a couple of them. Uh, but as the game went along, you know, it, it became a joke to them. It, they, they're, you know, it, it was a snowball that be- became a gigantic uh, uh, um, uh, boulder of a snow avalanche coming coming down uh and so yeah and and like dan said earlier in the show in the show when we were talking to the young man seated next to us he was critical of matt nagy but that's something that we've been hearing throughout from people all across the nation in social media uh the national media now has uh jumped on and and started to criticize uh matt nagy Uh, dan olofsky tweeted out during the game that you know this is all Matt Nagy's fault he's not using the young quarterback how many times has he rolled him out and this or that it was just it's just a mess and again we you know lovers of the Chicago Bears we end up being the laughing stocks and we end up feeling bad as a result of uh, our affection for this team it's it's, mm-hmm. it's really ridiculous 
Yeah, and and to your point about the national media, is it going to take the national media really coming down on the Bears every week now for the McCaskey family to say, "Holy crap, we need to get out from under this"? Or is it, is it what what would it take? What else do you need to see? What, what the guy that you brought in to fix the offense has gotten progressively worse during his tenure? What else is it going to take? I I, I just don't know. I don't get this. I don't get this franchise. I'll be, I know, I know as fans, we make snap decisions. Maybe we're not rational all the time. Maybe we fly off the handle a little bit too much or we're way emotional after the fact. But this is every single week, every single year. What would it actually take? What does it take for you to say, you know what? I, you know, I'm starting to think this isn't working. I'm starting to think this big plan isn't working. I have a hypothetical question for you. Uh, I asked Aldo this when we were eating at Morton's uh, the Steakhouse. I was like, "What if Pace senses all this mutiny that's that's just manifesting behind the scenes?" And he's like, "You know what? I want to save my job. Imagine the popularity he could get suddenly if he's like, yeah, you know, we're not moving in the right direction.' And and then he he fires Nagy. What if he came up and said, Mike Patton?" is going to be our interim coach to save his own ass, which conversely, as we, you've pointed out so eloquently earlier, it's always been Nagy doing that to everybody else, whether it was Mitchell Trubisky or all the other scenarios that you depicted. What if Nagy uh, gets scapegoated by pace to keep that's his what, job? That's what should happen. <laughs> then that, that is what should happen. That's what a G, that's what a GM should do. Right. Any red GM, um, brother Ron in the chat, um, he made a great point. That's what Cleveland did. They did a complete overhaul from top to bottom, from top to bottom, all the executives, all everybody in there. That's what happened. VP of operations, all this stuff. Cleveland cleaned house. Cleaned house, started over, and guess where they started at? The offensive line. Put $100 million into it. And then over time, over time, and then now they boost up their defensive line. Cleveland couldn't stop the run last year, two years ago. Clowny, get over here. You get over here. That's what happens when you have capable people. Who is the off the, the um Cleveland's offensive line coach? He he's the one from um Dallas that had Dallas looking like the best offensive line. Like that's what a that's what a a um efficient um cohesive unit looks like from a leadership position. Right. Not pointing fingers, blaming players. Matt Nagy got um Trubisky in what year two, year three? So this is Matt Nagy's second time around with a young quarterback. There really is no excuse for drop the drop. Hey, bro, you can't get first downs. That's I don't care about the technical, all the specifics of it. You can't get first downs. We can't score points. What are we doing here? Like, sorry, this isn't kumbaya time. This is, this is a business. You're making revenue off these players, off their names, and you're not producing. That means the organization could be at a loss. We said this morning on the pregame, but uh, and I, I think it was a consensus – that if you look back over his tenure, other than the Trubisky game against Tampa with the six touchdowns, has there been another game that immediately comes to your head where you're like, wow, that was the game Nagy's offense sparkled? We're, uh, we're almost, you know, three plus three years and a quarter into a season. Really, name one other game other than the Mitchell Trubisky Tampa game in four seasons that his offense looked like a professional run team. And the last thing I'll say before someone jumps in. Imagine hypothetically if this were a high school. Let's say he was 
a guy he took over the players in their ninth grade year, and by the time they're seniors, they're still not winning, they're still not scoring, they're still not getting first downs. In a high school, they would shit can this guy. But the, one of the most prolific franchises in the history of the league, and their 102nd season, it, it won't make a move? It, it's completely, again, just it's maddening. How is this possible? A high school would fire him. It is an acceptance of mediocrity. It is an acceptance of saying, listen, I don't think we can do it, so let's just keep the guys here that we like. I think it is. I think that there's so much cluelessness on how to actually win in this league that they say we're out of ideas just for the love of God. Just go out. You, you know what? You guys go out and take care of it because we don't know what we're doing. That starts at the top with ownership. Then it starts at the president and then the GM and then the head coach. Because if you look over the last 40 years, it's not just all what Lovey Smith's fault. It's all, not all just Dick Geron's fault or John Fox's fault or Mark Tressman's fault or uh, Matt Nagy's fault. This is institutional mediocrity this is this is an acceptance of a culture that will not win this says hey remember the 85 bears they were neat let's just keep talking about them for the next 50 years and hopefully people won't get too pissed off that we can't win anything this isn't just one person's fault it is in it is an acceptance of just being okay and we're not even okay anymore because the offense is awful so somebody needs to light a fire under somebody's ass who has bloodlines in this freaking team someone needs to say this can't happen anymore and it needs to be the president or it needs to be the front office it needs to be someone because all it does is saying you know what this is acceptable Having one net passing yard, that's acceptable. Go get him next week. Rah, rah, rah. Is it really going to take a mutiny of the players for something to change? Is it really going to take the rats jumping off the sinking ship? Is it really going to take, at the lowest level, the players saying, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing? And is it, re is it really going to take that for someone to say, we need a culture change? Ted Phillips, take that culture thing and shove it. I am so tired of hearing about that. What culture? The culture that we have to just keep clinging to a team that won a Super Bowl 40 years ago? Is, is it a culture where we have to say, well, hopefully the defense holds everyone to 10 points because then we can maybe be in the game. Is that the culture everyone else wants to have? I'm tired of hearing about the Chicago Bears culture. I'm tired of hearing about we have the right players. I'm tired of hearing about we have the right coaches. We have the right GM. We have the right scheme. We don't. We don't have the right anything. I'm so tired of being mediocre. And we're not even mediocre anymore. It's the Chicago effing Bears. You have been around, as Dan said, for 102 years. And this is acceptable to you. For four years, you've gotten progressively worse in the area that the coach was supposed to fix. Yeah. Yep. You're getting worse. Yep. The coach was brought in to fix the offense, and it looks like a JV football team. People are laughing at you. Do you care? Do you even care? Or are you so blinded by the fact that you're making hand over fist money in the NFL that you don't even give a shit about the product on the field anymore? I honestly, believe, I honestly believe that George McCaskey cares. I'm not sure that he's capable of making the right hires or the right decisions, but I do believe that he absolutely cares, and I know Virginia cares. Uh, I mean, not trying to you know, beat my bear's dick right now, but I do believe that they care. Uh, and I honestly think if we would fire Nagy, at this exact juncture, you could have another coach, whomever's calling plays next week, do better with his exact roster. 
You, it, it couldn't get any worse. It feels like you. I looked at Aldo and I was like, you know, it's a late third quarter. It feels like we haven't even gotten started. We haven't targeted any of your receivers, any of our tight ends. Running game, like number eight hasn't had a carry. 32's had 10 carries. It just feels like we never even got started and the game's almost over. You know, and like you said, no tempo, no rhythm, no fluidity. At some point, you've got to say this guy can't do it. Uh, on social media right now, uh, hashtag Fire Nagy is trending. So I ask everyone uh, who agrees with that sentiment to send out a tweet with that hashtag because uh, people uh, at House Hall will listen to fans either not showing up to games, fans not buying merchandise, uh, fans uh, up uh, raising hell on social media. They will eventually listen, and this is, that's why John Fox uh, never finished out his contract. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Tyler. No, I mean, I was just going to say, to Dan's point, that goes with the fire and naggy part, is the fact that that was the game plan, Dan. Everything you just talked about, that was the game plan from our coach that's making millions of dollars. Uh, like you said, a high school coach couldn't get away with it, but this man is making millions of dollars, and with a first-round pick that we traded up to get, this is how you make his debut go. This is horrible. how you make his debut go. Like, this is how you make this young man feel. All you had to do was get this man through the game – like you couldn't get him any, you couldn't give anybody open on a consistent basis to get him comfortable. I understand running in football, but why not throw on first down a couple of times? Just a couple of times to get just into a rhythm. And so it, I don't even want to go back into, I don't want to like even, we could talk stats all day. It was just an embarrassment that this young man, because I, I, just, I feel like, like I, was, I feel for Justin. I, I'm glad he's a warrior. I just hope we can, he can just be, stay strong until the next coach can get him. And I'm going to tell you right now, I said it two years ago, people may not agree, but this is why I wanted a, a Josh McDaniels, because there's a system of success over time. There's a system there that any receiver, anybody can come in there. If you learn the system, you can move the ball. And that's what we're missing, because we have good players. Allen Robinson is going to get paid somewhere. That's that's the truth. Darnell Mooney will get paid somewhere. David Montgomery is a top five running back. On any team in the NFL, but yet, like, come on, and so, like, but that's the the guy in charge. It's the leadership, leadership, front office is no go, getting back. Praises to the defense, defense. You did your thing out there, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, both getting sacks on back to back weeks. Robert Quinn, he got hit pretty hard. We talked, we went on him pretty hard last year, but he started off last year with a bad ankle. He probably never held correctly, but he he's mentally in peace. He he look he's he's all football. One of one um one of Khalil Mack sacks was because of Quinn's pressure, right. and so like, that was super super awesome stuff, guys. Real quick for the second week in a row, um, Roquan Smith is getting beat on the wheel route to the outside. He's getting beat on that wheel route, and um, but I like how he took accountability because he did get his feet got planted in in cement on that Hooper touchdown. Hooper ran him up, and then he shot up straight, and so. But Roquan took accountability. He said, that's on me. But guess what? Roquan, that's okay, brother, because he was running sideline to sideline all first half. He was not scared of Nick Chubb. He was running straight through these guys. And I freaking love Roquan Smith. He is the leader on this team because Eddie Jackson, who's one of our – who's one of the most – He lost all of his heart after he got paid. After all that stuff. And then that 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 horrible – that horrible – um, threw his shoulder out the flying shoulder tackle where he missed completely. Yeah, horrible. When he, threw, when, he, when he threw the guy out of bounds and it hit the other guy, and 
So all these they had to um the, the, they had to um, they had to take that guy out on a stretcher on that play yeah. too. Yeah. I didn't know if they showed that on TV, but they, they yeah, took him they, out on the stretcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he eventually got got up, but. I want to give props to um, Akeem Hicks, who went all out. He went all out on the play, and that's when he got hurt on the next play. But our front seven, without without Eddie Goldman, honestly, is doing better than I thought they would do without Eddie Goldman. I would love Eddie Goldman as soon as possible, but they're not. We're not getting we're not getting gashed in the run game until the third and fourth quarter when we're already tired because they're going back onto the field every four minutes anyway. So I don't know. For some reason, they couldn't tackle. Uh... Not Chubb, but the dude from Kansas City, uh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, all day Hunt in the first, even in the first half, was running all over the Bears. But they could stop Chubb. It was weird all day long. Uh, he ran all over us. He takes he, he, he take he his his ability to take contact and keep his velocity. That's what makes him a great. That's what makes him great. You got to gang tackle him because we were just we just couldn't get him on. We just couldn't get him on the ground. And so props to the defense and um, Odell Beckham. I guess we we kind of held him in check a little bit, John. We kind of held them in check, but our yeah. DBs, we, we need help at the line of scrimmage. We need help in the DBs, but it starts with the head coach right now because we could be, we're going to lose games that we could win if we had competence in the leadership. Listen, I, I think that this game was a microcosm of the entire Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace regime because I've said this before. Matt Nagy, who was brought in to be the offensive guru to fix this offense, to bring the Bears offense into the 21st century and bring in this new generation of Bears offensive football, he was brought in to do that and so far to this date has fallen way flat on that promise. But he was able to ride the coattails of a dominant defense from 2018 and then a a real solid defense in 19 to a pretty good defense last year. And now the defense is still good but it cannot carry the weight of the entire team now. It cannot keep you in every game. It can't win you every game anymore. It's time to pay the piper, Matt Nagy. You were brought in to be the offensive guru, and now you can't you can't hold up your end of the bargain. The defense can't carry you anymore. The, the, the side of the ball where you, that you have nothing to do with can't keep you at winning football anymore. So now you got to try to do something. Or, and if you can't, get the hell out. Because I want my – listen, we can bring in an offensive head coach after that. If, if Matt Nagy gets fired, you can bring in uh, uh, someone like Josh McDaniels, Eric Bieniemy. I, I don't know if they go the Kansas City I don't City want Eric Bieniemy. I do <laughs> not want Eric Bieniemy. The, the Andy Reid tree has not treated them so well. But uh, I'm just saying if they go after the uh, go after an offensive guy, I, I, I don't care. I don't think they have to do that. Because you look at head coaches like Mike Tomlin, like Bill Belichick, like Mike Vrabel. They're head coaches. They are guys who can lead a team, and then the offensive coordinator can put together all that scheming and all the play calling, and they can put they can do what they're brought in to do. You don't have to have the head guy be the biggest guru of offense. You can bring in a pretty damn good offensive coordinator to run an offense, but the head coach needs to be the guy who pays attention to the clock, and has better time management, knows when to call a timeout, can understand game situations, can be able to move players around and change personnel up, maybe change schemes when you need adjustments. Instead of having your face buried in a Denny's menu, trying to figure out if you need either short stack or the moon over my hammy, you need to figure out what the hell is the right thing to do as a head coach. I don't care if the head coach is an offensive guru. Be a head coach first. Be a leader on the team. Understand game situations. Put people in the right position. And then let your coordinators do their job. Matt Nagy wants to be judge, jury, and executioner on this team. 
And he's going to he's gonna end up sending himself to the gallows in this situation. You mentioned the 85 Bears earlier. And one of the, what, the story that's propagated is, you know what? Uh, the defense all came together and they wrote this letter and they said, you have to keep Buddy. Please keep Buddy Ryan. And, and we talk about that anecdote all the time. Maybe that's what we need now. The team to get together, write a letter and say, we as a team have lost faith in this bum and he, he's holding us back. And he's the reason we're not excelling. We're one and two, and we definitely could have been two and one today. That was a winnable game. I know they were seven-point underdogs, but if you score touchdowns in those two times you're in the end zone, you're in the game. And that's not too big of an if if you've got a competent offense. So maybe yep. it takes the team, someone like Jimmy Graham, to say, I've like you said, I've played with competent quarterbacks. I've been on good teams, and I need we need as a team to get rid of this fucker. I'm sorry. We need to get rid of this guy. I mean, and maybe that's what it, it takes, some Yo, sort of mutiny from within. Isn't there a lo- alumni, John? Isn't there an alumni? All the yeah, they're going to be there at the 49er game, according to Eric Kramer. Yeah. Uh, on my birthday, on Halloween, they're supposed to have their big um, alumnus weekend. Well, guys, oh, a nice big embarrassing game again in front of alumni might help. Right. So, so, John, the Bears beat the Lions. They beat them good. All forgiven, right? Hell, whatever. Listen, uh, but that's what that'll be. That that will be the narrative, though. We, you know, and this is always the narrative with this team, especially under this head coach. Listen, we this team really battles back against adversity. This team rallied after a six-game losing streak, and you know what they're really good at? Burying the fact that they went on a six-game losing streak. Burying the fact that they got one net passing yard. They're really good at burying and saying, look how look how resilient they are. Look how much they form. They come together as a team and battle back from adversity. Who's putting them in that adversity? Who is who is going through the six-game losing streak? Who is putting out this terrible offense? You know, yeah, they're resilient. They're winning. They're resilient from you. They're battling back because of your ineptitude. I yeah, tweet, they're please. really good at overcome. They're really good at overcoming me, is what you're saying. Next gen stats say the Browns pressured Justin Fields on 55.2% of his dropbacks, tied for fourth highest in the last two years. Good. Good. You know what? Put a banner up. And, this team is ready to compete. And, and this is the uh, uh, tweet that Jimmy Graham retweeted. Uh, the Bears averaged 1.1 1. 1 yards per play versus the Browns, the second fewest by any team in a game this century. And that could be a message to Matt Nagy, like, why why did I come back to play for you? You're not using me. Uh, you, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, or, or it could just be his frustration with the overall situation. But I, I got to share that, that, Aldo, so I can retweet it. Absolutely. Yeah, you share it and I'll retweet it. 1.1 1. 1 yard per play. 1.1 1. 1 yard per play. Think about that. The second fewest by any team in a game this century. And that century includes the time where they were just running the wishbone and the wing tee. That's that's included in this century. That that is historically bad. You're a hundred years of history. That was the second worst. And you know what? Like Tyler, like you just said, if they beat Detroit next week on a on a late field goal, all is forgiven. We're back on track. They're resilient. Look Sad. at them. Oh, Sad. they're rallying as a team. Sad. I I can't do. It. And if they look, we said last year if they lost 
to the Lions after they after the Lions canned Matt Patricia and their GM. We said if they lost that game, that was going to be the end of the Matt Nagy era. They lost that game. You know what? Matt Nagy's still the head coach of the Chicago Bears. So I don't know why. I, we're, I, I'm not beating the drum for him to be fired today because I know they're not going to do it. They're not going to fire him this week. They're not going to fire him next week. They're going to let him coach this entire season. Mm-hmm. They're going to let him coach until the end of the season. And hell, he might be back for 2022. I, 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 they're not going to make a change because if they haven't done it yet, what evidence do you have to go off of that they're actually going to do it now? There is no, there is no evidence. Although I know that you, much like Tyler, want to think that this team has a has the potential to be a playoff team. I said they're, I said they kind of maxed out in the eight and nine, nine and eight area with this type of game, where once again, we didn't expect them to win this game. We didn't expect them to be utterly embarrassed. Can this team actually still compete for a playoff spot? Looking at that schedule, which I know you love to bring up that schedule graphic, so if you got it, you should probably bring it up. The, 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 one, the one with the spaceships on it. There it is. <laughs> Knowing what we know now, you got the, the Lions next week, who aren't as bad as we thought. The Raiders, who look pretty damn good in the first couple weeks. Green Bay, forget it. Tampa, Forget it. San Fran, forget it. I think they can beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh looked putrid today. They looked really, really, really bad. But so did the Bears. So maybe it, maybe <laughs> right. it'll, so so maybe maybe it'll be a six three game. So I'm I'm chalking it up. And then you get into the heart of this schedule where it's Baltimore. Then you got Detroit on Thanksgiving in Detroit, Arizona, Green Bay, Minnesota, Seattle, the Giants. How many games do you see on that schedule where you're like, yeah, that's a Bears win? How many on that schedule do you see? Man, that's that you chalked that up for a Bears win. Maybe they can they sweep Detroit? Maybe. Can I don't think they can sweep Minnesota. Maybe they split with Minnesota. So maybe you got three wins there. They're gonna beat Green Bay? No. They're gonna beat Tampa Bay? No. San Francisco? No. Baltimore? No. I, I mean, I, look at it. Can upsets happen? Absolutely. Could they could they pull out something in one of these games? Absolutely. But if you're forecasting the rest of the season, what are you looking at? How many wins are you looking at? I want to play devil's advocate on this real quick. Just, I'm not saying you're wrong because your point is well taken. But just think about this. Like, they've won the last three games against Pittsburgh. I know you say, well, history doesn't mean shit. But – No, I, I uh, like them against Pittsburgh. Well, I like they, them against they've Pittsburgh. won the – I don't know. They've won the last three against Pittsburgh. They they beat Baltimore in 2013. They beat Baltimore in 2017. Hell, they've swept the NFC North – or AFC North the last two times they've played them. But, obviously, they lost to the Browns today. But let's say Green Bay loses in a few minutes in San, in San Francisco, and suddenly they're still one and two just like us. Detroit is 0-3. I don't – did Minnesota play today? I, I don't know. I lost track where I was here. But uh, maybe they play Monday night. But I'm just saying that the route to the playoffs could be that their division overall is kind of weak this season. So if the other team struggle too – now, granted, you say, well, if you get in at 8-9 or whatever it could be, you're not going to win. But you still host that playoff game. So yeah. anything could happen. Even if the wild card team has won 13 games, they would still have to come to your stadium if you're the, uh, the division winner. But uh, I, just, but I can't job. see a scenario. I can't see a scenario where that that happened. And by the way, the Vikings beat the Seahawks today, 30 to 17. But uh, so John, that, that's, hey, John, a big, this, that's a big win for them. John, but this is your point, guys. Every freaking year, we're trying to squeak into the playoffs. They, the NFL even gave us another game. And we're still talking <laughs> gave, about an, an extra playoff spot. They made it for the Bears. 
and, and, and we're gonna try and, and now we first we were we were the eight and eight team this needed somebody to lose but now it's like we we like it to be hard like we have to make it hard on ourselves we want, yeah, it, to be, know, we want it to be improbable all these, all these other teams we beat tampa bay last time but guys it's not about last year it's not about these teams anymore it's about i don't trust the leadership right now I know our players can beat these teams. We have talented players. Right. Our guys are faster. Some of our guys, I think we can beat the Lions. I don't trust the leadership to put the people in position to beat them. Right. That's where I'm at. The Raiders, I think we can win that game, but the Raiders are physical at the line of scrimmage. I don't think our coaching staff is going to put the right protection scheme in place to give our quarterback time to throw the ball. Well, let me just say I agree with both of you. I was just trying to give an alternative perspective oh, yeah. to say I, no, I agree sure. with you. No, but I agree. But with both of everything you were saying, I don't have any faith either. But I'm just trying to say, well, maybe that's how our, our path to the playoffs would be through the division. And that, and that, but that encapsulates the Bears' culture, though. Man, if we just pull together and we just give it everything we have and we maximize our talent and our coaches coach to the best of their ability, maybe we'll be okay. Maybe we'll be a decent team if everything goes right. If everything, right. if the if the planets align, and we're and everything is perfect, and we are we are entering utopia, the Bears go nine and eight and slip into the seventh playoff spot and lose in the first round. Wow. Woo, well, yeah. Well, and I, I'd like to get Dan's thoughts on this because he was seated right beside me. But as the game went on and uh, the game got out of hand. The look on the players' faces on the sideline, especially the defensive stars, you know, Akeem Hicks was hurt and in pain, uh, so that was probably part of it. But there were other players, really good players on this team, who just looked totally demoralized by what was going on. And just the look on their faces, their body language and so forth, said to me, and this team is it, it, winning another two or three games is going to be a stretch based on what I saw today. Now, you know, the NFL, week to week, things can change. They can come out next week and win 30 nothing against the Lions. But, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Dan, I'd love your thoughts on this. Did you see that demoralization yes. like I did? Yes, I agree with you. Uh, to me, the turning point was when – I'm trying to think of the score, but uh, it was certainly – was it 20 to 6 at one point? Was that uh, – uh, Yes, I, when they, when they went up two touchdowns, it felt like the team. And then when the Bears got the ball back, I'm fairly certain off the top of my head they went out. They went three and out. It felt like tangibly the defense said, "This is we can't win today." So when they go back on the field after that is when Kareem Hunt starts gashing them. I mean, like he had been doing it all day, but that was when they go straight down the field and score. You know, it just it felt like the team. I don't want to say quit. But it was just like, okay, we we can't win today. And that was a product of just the offense being so bad. And you know, I've, all the shows we've done together, that I've always been critical of the defense for their siestas and letting the team down whenever, like, we need to stop now, we'll get a game. But today it was not their fault in any way. And, but to answer your question, the body language, just looking down, because we were right there, you could tell by the second half that – they quit. They knew that the, just they could not win the game because this team on offense is not giving us a chance to do it. And they did. They quit. And to your point, Dan, you're, I think you're absolutely – because you you got to kind of feel that actually being there. You could feel it through the television. You could, uh -huh. you, could, you could be watching that game and say, 
I I kind of in the third quarter, like late in the third quarter, when like I think it was when they were down twenty to six, you almost start zoning out. You almost start thinking about what you're going to talk about on the post game show because exactly. that you're like that game's already over. That there's just there's just absolutely no way because you're you you're so disinterested because you know that you see the product that you're seeing on the field can't possibly get it done. You're they they're literally breathing that through the TV screen saying. It, we're done. White white flag. White flag. This this thing is over. That thing was over way before the 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 final uh, buzzer went off. You could just feel it. You could literally feel it through the TV that that team. I don't want to say they gave up because I'm never going to just accuse athletes of giving up. But there was that sense of this is this is final. This is done. There's no way they can possibly. There's no way they can possibly get back. And is I know that I keep going back to this subject, but Aldo, is that what it would take? A just an an ultimate show of this team has given up on its coach. It has given up on this team. It has given up on this season. Because quite frankly, it's it, if it gets to that point, what what redeeming qualities does your head coach have? You what said redeeming- that, Aldo. Yeah, you, you, you I, said I, that they've given up on yeah. Nagy. Right. And so I think one of the things that has to happen tomorrow or this or Tuesday is Ryan Pace has to come out and face the media. I know he doesn't like to. He does his news conference the day before or the few days before the season begins. And then he does this end of the year conference and he lets all the press conferences. He gives those to the coaching staff. But you recall what happened when uh, after the two 50-point losses to the Packers and the Patriots during Trestman's last year, general manager came out and said, we, we got, we're going to try to fix this. This is what we're going to do and so forth. I would hope that Ryan Pace comes out and addresses the media, addresses the fans' concerns, and maybe even makes a, a change with the coaching staff. I mean, that would be the best sign to the, to the fans of Chicago that – we're gonna we're we're gonna work on this, and the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna bring in some new thinking. And Matt Nagy, thank you for everything that you've done. But we're giving the coaching reins to either Mike Patton, who who Dan has suggested a number of times, or Bill Lazor, whose name has come up a lot in the in the chat room. Something has to happen Monday from the administrative part of this football team because if it doesn't, it's another slap in the face to Chicago Bears. Fans. It's just like Buffon said earlier, if. If they don't, and I, I agree with you, but I don't think they will. But let's just say they don't. Hypothetically, it's just kind of – I'm paraphrasing uh, what he said. John said earlier. It feels like they're happy turning a profit. They're happy being mediocre. So regardless of what we say now, how unhappy we are, and everyone else is bemoaning this, we're still going to buy our Justin Fields jerseys. We're still going to watch the games. We're still going to the games. And they're still cashing checks. I mean, so at the end of the day, we can be pissed off all we want. It doesn't change anything because they're still they're still making money off of us. So again, to me, it has to be Virginia. She has to tell George this is unacceptable. You better convey that to Ryan. If it doesn't come from the top, it's not coming. Yeah, I I, I still yeah I still don't think it happens. I just because they're they're a team that loves the tradition, even if it's not a good tradition. They love to cling on to that, where it's just we've never done that and we're not going to do that. So we'll give it to the end. We'll give it to the end of the season. Which for what? For what? You're just going to waste your. If you are going to, if you have a plan on firing Matt Nagy, what are you waiting for? How many more years does Virginia have? Right. If you're Virginia McCaskey and you say. 
that was really, really bad. This needs to change because, and I know that the McCaskey family wants to get her a Super Bowl before, and God, uh, you know, God willing, it with that she lives a lot longer. But, uh, but I know that the McCaskey family wants to get her a championship. And, and, and I, I don't want it to convey that I think that the McCaskies don't care because I think they do. I just think they're really bad at what they do sometimes. I think that they don't put the right people in the right positions. I think that if you want to keep telling us that Ted Phillips has nothing to do with the football operations, then why isn't there a president of football operations then? Why, is there not a, why isn't there someone above Ryan Pace who hires Ryan Pace? Because that was the big thing at the end of the year, remember? Well, actually... Who's in charge of hiring the GM? Well, it's a mixture of ownership and, and Ted Phillips. So Ted, so Ted Phillips does have something to do with football operations then? No, Ted doesn't do anything with football operations. Okay, so which one is it? So you, you, he either does or he doesn't. And if he does, he's really bad at the football operations side. If he doesn't, bring someone, someone in for the football operations side who can, properly scout a who can properly scout a general manager and a general manager who can properly scout a head coach. Because this has been a fundamental problem with this team forever. They have ne they they cannot get the right people in the right positions. So uh, to Aldo, to what you're saying, yeah, I would love to see Ryan Pace, you know, break character and come out and say we're going to make changes and this is what it's going to be. But they're not. I, I would be shocked if they did. I would be shocked if Ryan Pace came out and said we're making changes. I just don't think that that's that that's going to happen. So we're gonna we're gonna bear and grin it, all puns intended. Like Dan said, we're gonna buy our merchandise, we're gonna buy our tickets. You know what? Their profit margin ain't gonna be affected at all. They're gonna make more money. They're gonna make they're gonna keep making the money. And so they why why make a change? You know what? The checks are still cash and everything's gravy. Let's and you know what? We like Matt Nagy. Let him let him finish out the season. I can't. I I I'm I'm just tired of. I, I want I want the Bears to love us as much as we love them, and, 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 it's, and it's just never and it's just it's just never going to happen. It just feels like it's 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 never going to happen. Uh, although I, I did I did want to I did want to ask about you talking about we were talking about the the morale of the team, and we were talking about how how it just seemed to keep denigrating. If this is the case, and this is the kind of offense they're going to put out there. That those spurts of defensive greatnesses that we see, are we going to see less and less of those now? So, so now the defense may not even keep them in the game for the first half, where we saw a couple years ago where it's just like, if the offense can't move the ball, why do we give a damn? So you know what? We're just going to lose by 40 from now on. We're, we're, we're going to give up. We're going to give up 35 points in the first half or we're going to you know what? We're not going to be able to stop them on fourth down. I'm not saying they're purposely going to do it, but I'm saying that drive to be great might not be there. That fire that you need to build that needs to be lit may not be lit because you think our offense is only going to score three or six points. What are we doing out here? So if, if you keep running into this kind of offensive roadblock, does the defense eventually start declining even faster and it turns into a complete, you, you know, you know what kind of show. Well, I, I think you bring up a really good point because what happens is, you know, the defense, John, you know, we had an open to your show, Buffon 55 has run for five years. And for the first three years, we had a segment on that show that uh, you, you would say, you know, that the defense has petered out because the offense was, was uh, three and out and the defense would keep going out there. And so by the third quarter, the, defense was was petered out so absolutely that is what's going to happen now 
there's a lot of guys on that defense who have a lot of pride. Khalil Mack has a lot of pride. Uh, we're learning that Robert Quinn has a lot of pride and so forth. But the, the issue is this. Eventually, these guys in what is going to be the longest regular season in NFL history, 17 games, these guys are going to start saying, you know what, I, I'm going to preserve my body because I want to continue to play and try to win a Super Bowl. And so, you know, I, I got a little pain here. I need to, you know, go on the IR or uh, I'm not going to play as hard because I don't want to risk injury because I want to think about the longevity of my career and the longevity of this season is just putting. Or they're going to actually game. get hurt, or they're actually going to get hurt. Yeah, because exactly. they're being because they're being trotted out there every three or four minutes. The longer you play, the mm -hmm. more the, the longer the the more minutes you spend on the field, the bigger the risk is that you could get hurt. If you're if you're getting trotted out there every three four minutes, you're increasing your chance of getting hurt. So they're if they if they lose Khalil Mack for three games, or I know it's silly it's silly to think, but they lose Robert Quinn for a period of time because he's been playing well. If they do lose Robert Quinn or Roquan Smith or Jalen Johnson, God forbid, gets hurt again, that some if they're out if there's a combination of those players that are out for a significant amount of time, then the defense ain't going to keep them in anything. Mm -hmm. Defense isn't going to keep them into a one score game at halftime. Mm -hmm. That game will be and and. I said this last year, and I'll say it again. There are games where you're going to have to get into a shootout. In 2021, in the NFL, there are games where you're going to have to win a shootout. Your offense is going to have to outduel the other offense. That's just the, the way that the league has progressed and the way, that the, the way that the game is played now. There are going to be times when your offense just has to outmuscle the other offense and score more points. You're going to have to score 35 points when they score 30. You're going to have to score 38 when they score 35. Mm -hmm. I don't think this team is even capable of scoring that many points ever. So I, I, I so the way that the game's played now, this team ain't going to work. Actually, hell, the way the team you saw the 1.1 yard per play, this team would lose in the 1930s. They would have lost. They would have. They would have lost to the uh, who the Pottstown Maroons. They would have lost to Jim Thorpe. So uh, this was a historically bad performance by the offense. They would have lost to a lot of teams today, going 1.1 yard per play. It's historically bad. That it is. We, that I think is. that we. I, I feel bad because the defense did play well, and we have not really. We didn't. We didn't. We did talk about it, but mm -hmm. they got. They got all of their thunder taken away. If I'm if I'm Sean Desai, I'm in that room saying, gentlemen, you know what? Hold your head high. You did the best that you could. You had five sacks. You sacked the quarterback five times today. You were constantly getting pressure. You played well. You kept your team in it. The other side let you down. Your head coach let you down. Now I'm not gonna now obviously Sean Desai is not gonna say that, but that that's basically what happened. So uh, I think I feel bad that we didn't get to talk a little bit more about the positive there, but that you you really can't. And so and, and you're right, uh, Robert. You're right. Duke Shelley had a I remember the a big hit. Was it was he the was he the tackle on fourth down that 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 kept him out? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Dion Bush getting the getting the spot start also mm -hmm. uh, played. 
played admirably for for getting thrown in there. But uh, I I think that we have talked at nauseum about this game and we're going to continue to talk about this game and this team and this franchise and the ineptitude and the culture and all those other good things that we like to talk about with the Chicago Bears. But I think that uh, we we all need to at least come up for some air and digest this a little bit more. So I think that it's about time to phase this out. Let's go around the horn before we go out here. uh, Talk about what you're working on. Talk about your final thoughts of the game and uh, where people can connect with you. Dan, you've been our you've been a great guest today. We love having you on. A lot of good insight, a lot of a lot of good anecdotes. Uh final thoughts on the game and how people uh can connect with you and listen to your stuff. Uh well, thank you. I appreciate your comments and and obviously I feel uh similar uh toward you and your shows. Uh yeah, as it's on the screen there, it's Bears fan underscore Dan. And I'll be Thaldo Tuesday night uh once more for Bear Their Souls. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, I'm not going to listen to any other Bears talk until Tuesday when we when we talk about it again. And I mean that genuinely because I'm done. Like I didn't listen to any talk last week either. I was so just bored with the Dalton versus Field storyline. I just didn't want to hear any more about it. And I don't want to hear any more about this either. You know, we've all got sort of got this off our chest now because uh, we take it so personally. But I, I don't care what David Haw thinks or Brad Biggs thinks or, you know, even Cap, whom I love. Uh, right? I just I just don't want to hear any other shit about this game. It's it's one of the worst losses I've ever watched. I really believe that. And then not just because I was there. They just felt like they would never had a shot. They could have had a shot if they, a couple things had gone right. But what I'm saying is because those things didn't go right, they they had no chance to win. Like you're down 10 to 3 and it feels like it's 30 to 3. And it's just, you know, Fields' first start, it should have been so much better. But you you take our our future and you make him look like he's a, like a completely overmatched bust. And he's not. I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm saying, but that's the way you make him play because of your scheme and your, your calls and your ineptitude is the word. So I don't. I don't want to even think about it anymore. I'm going to quote, paraphrase Belichick and say we're on to Detroit. And for the love of God, can we please win? Because the Bears have never won a game while I've been there. We're 0 and 4 now. Uh, it's going to be a fucking 10 hour drive for me to get out there. So I hope that we can steal one next week. But I don't. I don't have any confidence at this point, but maybe by next week I will. But this one was tough. It was, it, it was, uh, we were knocked out, completely lost, embarrassed, unequivocally done. Thanks. And, uh, well, that after that, uh, Tyler, I'm going to bring you in to give us some levity here. Can you give us some positivity about this and what you're working on and what Bears fans can cling on to at least try to have some positivity moving forward? But, you know, Keep it real like you always do. You're muted. <laughs> that would help, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was saying thanks, brother, a lot. And, Dan, it was a pleasure. And hopefully we'll definitely see you later on. I'll have to. I, I'll be going to that Pittsburgh Bears game as well. And so looking forward to um, hanging out with you and John. Yes, be awesome. sir. yes, sir. So, yes, sir. Um, and everybody in the chat, thank you guys for hanging out with us on your Sunday evening. We definitely appreciate your time. There's so many awesome things happening on the network. I mean, all these three gentlemen right here are providing so much great content throughout the week. All you got to do is make sure you subscribe and hit the notifications button on YouTube. And you'll get notified every time that Barroom goes live because we have so many shows covering so many different aspects of sports and alike, and, and, and even outside of sports. 
And so if you hit that down, you can always catch up. We got some audio podcast versions. So it's really, really cool. Um, Bears Nation, we're in, a, we're in a dark place. We're in a dark place because we think our team is better than where we – better than where they are. And we're, we're shooting for the playoffs. And um, it can feel like quicksand. But we got to remember the one positive thing. The one positive thing that you that you can go to sleep tonight hanging your hat on, okay? Are you listening? We punted the ball very well today. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> and this game is about field position, okay? This game is about field position. And once again, <laughs> anything that Matt Nagy's not involved with, we seem to have to do a little bit right. And so um, we punted the ball well. We're going to grow from there. But, no, all seriousness, um, I'm hoping – Dan, I'm with you. I'm not going to listen to anything else until um, until the beer debate with my buddy John on Tuesday. And then that'll be, that'll be coming out um, um, live on Wednesday morning. But um, unless I get an alert that Ryan Pace is addressing the media, then I will be tuning in. I will be tuning into that. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. It seems like that would be the right thing to do. That Matt Nagy is relieved of all duties at this time until further notice. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be awesome. But um, we, we I, I, I still have faith in the team and the players. I just I'm praying for the leadership. Outside of that, um, here at the bar room, got plenty of stuff coming out to you right now. I really want to take time to say shout out to um, Tunnel Vision. Actually, your, your buddy, the game support, had an opportunity to um, to compete. And a strength and conditioning competition yesterday. They tried to make my buddy John Buffon proud. I came in second place in a um in, in a strength competition with most reps. And um the tunnel vision, they're 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 a sports brand that they actually pour into the community. They provide a lot of jerseys for for, for kids in the Maryland area and even like actually um nationwide. And so it's a company that um the owner, the CEO, and then Nando Champ, they just did a phenomenal job. It was a lot of great men out there, John. We were pressing 300-plus pounds and deadlifting 405 pounds. It was pretty freaking awesome. So just a special shout-out to the Tunnel Vision, Nando Champ. Like, I met a lot of great guys yesterday. I was stretched from a mental perspective. And you don't need motivation when you have dedication. And it's something that we wish that our leadership had here in our, in our Chicago base and everything. But from waiting for the Chicago Bulls to take place. See Red Radio's coming out soon, but you got Bulls Gold, you got Bulls 101. I'm going to shout those guys out. And then you got um um my my man Adam and my man Joe 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 Mandel on on fantasy on fantasy goon and they guys do a f- phenomenal job getting you ready for all your fantasy hopes and dreams and everything. And Bar Flight Tailgate show, never going to forget about my guys. Every Sunday morning getting you ready for kickoff. But besides that, um perspective of gains um, we're going to we're focusing on entrepreneurship, faith, and um, sports nutrition. Um, you can always check out freedomgains.us. Ninety percent of those profits go help the kids in Mombasa, Kenya, getting getting them um, help to um, education, healthcare, and providing sources, getting kids access to high school and other types of equipment. We're excited about the rest of the future of the season because we're hoping we get a brand new coach, John. We need a list out of all the head coaches that, that are available next season. But besides that, it's football. Leave it here. Tomorrow's Monday. Let's punch Monday in the face because remember this, and my late fa- my awesome father told me this, Amos Ellis, these guys are getting paid no matter what. Tomorrow is about you. Attack the day. Attack the week. Compound your assets. Tell your family, tell your mom, tell your dad you love them. And at the end of the day, this is a game. This is a job for them. They don't take it seriously, but you are in control of your life. 
much. Can I say one thing to that? One thing. Uh, I I told Aldo this earlier at the steakhouse. uh, And I, I meant this completely, literally not facetiously in any way. I'm so guilty in my life of letting the bears dictate my happiness. You know what I mean? A, a performance like this, I would be thinking about it all week and just down all week. I, I said one of my goals uh, it was to be able to take it in stride and still think life's okay, you know, mm. and not just let the shit ruin my whole week. Like I told him that I was like, man, I'm going to drive home. I want to enjoy the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tomorrow. And I don't want to be miserable. Like I, that's my goal is to find a way to not let this bother me so much i don't know if i'm capable of that but that is certainly my goal and it's kind of to what you were saying which is why i wanted to interject but no brother that's a perfect point bro but you see what you just did right there dan you saw how you had your hands like this bro you got to protect your peace bro don't let nothing in here that's going to change that's going to change the homostasis of your heart bro because they getting paid millions no matter what you see what I'm saying? Right. Your right, health, right. your anxiety, your peace of mind supersedes any other millionaire that's going home to a mansion. If they don't want to do their job, that's on them. But then you do your job great. You bring it every time you're out to go live. And I appreciate you for that. And you have no idea who you're inspiring. Because when you are a good, sound in mind and body, you are a blessing to others that are not that you don't even know. So don't let that ruin your week. Because when you are operating at 100%, you can bless more people. So protect your peace, bro. Don't let nothing in here in here that can take you off your path. You see what I'm saying? Because we're, yeah. we're designed for greatness. And it's sometimes it's the, we don't know who we're inspiring. So when in doubt, smile. You see what I'm saying? And have faith that everything's going to work out. All right? See, I, wanted, I told you I wanted you to, to fire me up with positive energy, and you just did. See? There, there you go. go. <laughs> I love it. Oh, no, I'm going to let you fall back because I, 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 got, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I can – Fire up, Dan. I've been trying to get Dan to smile for the last uh, six hours or so since the Bears lost, and I I couldn't do it, but Tyler got the job done. Listen, um, I I, I do feel a lot of – everyone has just made so many great comments here on the show and in the chat room, you know, people venting the anger towards the organization, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy. I feel that I'm with you. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm with all of the uh, disgust towards this team, but I am going to have a drink tonight. And then tomorrow, Dan and I are going to go to a rock and roll hall of fame. And then I'm going to drive, take that six hour drive back. And I'm going to listen to six hours of rock and roll. And when I get home, I'm going to kiss my wife and be happy to be back home. And then I'm going to get back to work on more Bears programming, more great programming here for the Barroom Network. And we're going to entertain. We're going to inform. I'm not going to let this organization get me down because I'll tell you one thing. You know, at one point during that massacre today, I started to think, you know, wow, I mean, I got to I got to go talk Bears football about this is so depressing. Do I really want to do that to myself? But yeah, now I do, because I have hope. I have hope that we can all get management to make some changes with this organization. And perhaps we don't have to wait to the end of the season to see those changes. Let's continue to put the pressure on social media with our programming here on, uh, uh, on the Barroom Network. And any way that we can come up with ways to uh, enlighten George McCaskey that we've had enough, 
let's all work together on doing that. And so everyone who has tuned into this show, uh, over 300 people live uh, on YouTube alone and uh, over a thousand on YouTube, thank you very much for tuning in and let's all work together to enact some change. Thanks. You remember the Firefox stuff from a couple of years ago that you also uh, were just all over. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of where we are now, though, right? It's just like it really we're is. committed to saying the heck with this guy, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the way. To, that's the way. The attitude we have to take. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess I have to follow all of that up, and and I'm not going to be nearly as eloquent, and I'm going to not be. Uh, I'm going to take the less existential approach to this. I am pissed off. And uh, it's it's almost to the point where it's like the family member that you want to see succeed so bad who just keeps screwing up and you get so mad at them and you say, I want the best for you. I want you to succeed. Why can't you just get on the right track? I'm literally shaking the Chicago Bears right now, looking them in the eye saying, why can't you be better? Why can't you fix this? And I know that's probably not the best way to, uh, they're probably not the best therapy, but that is how I look at this. I want this team to succeed so badly because I love this team. This team is the reason that it, it brought out uh, it brought my my family out of poverty when my uncle played for them. He was able to give back to the family because of the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are in my blood. They've had an actual impact on my family. I want them to do well. And that's why I'm so angry. I want this team to be a constant dominant force. But we are stuck with the consistently inconsistent. This team not just plays different year to year, not just game to game, but as you can see, they play different quarter to quarter sometimes. And all we want is stability. In our live, all we want is stability. And that includes with our that includes our football teams. We want stability. We want to know what that we want to know that when we watch them on Sunday, we know what we can expect. And right now, what we expect is not what we should be expecting. So I, I just I, I love this show because it's therapeutic. I love this show because I can get all of my anger out. I, I yell 90% of the time. In case you haven't watched this show before, I yell 90% of the time. That's just what I do. You know what, you, you know what you're getting from me. I'll give you stability. I'm going to yell the entire time. So you know what you're getting from me. So I, 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 But I appreciate everyone in this chat room that gives their – I hope it's therapeutic for you. You give your raw reaction. We interact with you. It's a big community. We love this team, but we love the, the culture we have here. It's it, it's the Bears fandom. That's the culture people should be relating to. That's the culture people should be jealous of. Maybe not the culture over at Hallis Hall, but the culture we have here where we can just bounce things off of each other and we're all in this together. And there's nothing quite like football because for three hours out of the day, we feel like we are connected with millions. Millions of people across the world. There aren't too many things in the world that can do that. That we we can feel connected to that many people for three hours through this team. So I appreciate each and every one of you, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time listening to the show. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. You listening to us and interacting with us, and you being here every Sunday. So with that being said, I'm going to take us out of here. We got a lot of programming coming up this week. Like Tyler said, the Bear Debate on Tuesday, Buffon 55. On Wednesday, Dan and Aldo got the thing going on on Tuesday. Get Greg Gabriel will be on. Is he going to be on tomorrow, Aldo? Wednesday. Wednesday. Get Greg Gabriel on Wednesday. Mike North uh, coming up at the uh, Deep Belief on Thursday. Okay. A lot of, lot of great programming coming up that will cover a lot of the things with the Chicago Bears. So please stick with us. But that will do it for this edition of Bear Football. For Dan Aguirre, Aldo Gandia, and Tyler Ellis, I'm John Buffon. We'll see you next time, everybody.